Hello everybody and welcome to G-Wiz, your family-friendly podcast where we discuss D&D Onslaught, Dice Masters, Hero Clicks, and the other entertaining games made by WizKids. I'm WizDad and I'm that critical miss that you rolled when you really needed a critical hit. You don't like to see me and more likely than not I'll be on your mind for the rest of the day. I will be your guide for navigating the competitive and casual scenes of the WizKids Triforce of Gaming. It's Mashup Monday, it's going to be a Heroclix heavy episode as we pause our Silver Age discussion to talk the results from the Champion Clicks tournament that occurred over the weekend. But before we get to that, let's check out some of the spoilers we heard about in the WizKids progress report. Kowalski, progress report. Now before we dig too deep into the progress report, I wanted to remind everybody, a little housekeeping note, um, I have been updating the YouTube uh, trying to get the podcast updated uh, frequently, more frequently, I should say. Um, I've got it set up now to where it should be once we play catch up, obviously. I, I'm kind of releasing one episode a day to kind of keep feeding the machine until all the until we're caught up to recent. But once we are caught up to recent, uh, there should be no more delay. Uh, once the podcast hits the rss feed it'll be there on the youtube for you to check out so if you prefer listening to podcasts on youtube because i know google i think is doing away with google podcasts and kind of mixing everything into youtube who knows google does some weird things you'll be able to get the latest episode on the wizdad gaming youtube so definitely check it out if you're not subscribed please please go out there and do so as far as um what has happened over the weekend. Um, I feel bad because I didn't mention it uh, last weekend, but congratulations to Dan Lowe for winning the BWX Fest that occurred for Dice Masters uh, last weekend. Um, I didn't record a Mashup Monday last week, so I kind of forgot about it. But uh, congrats to at also Dan Lowe, who is on the Dice Masters Discord. Uh, Congratulations to him. Um, it's always great to see that community continuing to exist, even though WizKids, at, for the most part, has kind of left them high and dry. Um, I still plan on getting with uh, Collector Rob, who um, is on the Discord, to talk about some more Dice Masters. I just haven't lined it up. I've got so much stuff going on. I'm, uh, Collector Rob, if you're listening, I apologize, but uh, we'll, we'll catch up and talk some uh, Dice Masters here in the next couple weeks. For Heroclix, though, um, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like probably, what, three minutes ago, this is going to be a big, heavy Heroclix episode. We got a lot of results over the weekend. We'll talk more about that in the fishing segment, but let's talk a little bit about the spoilers. Uh, Dial H for Heroclix covered all of the Champion Clicks tournament. Uh, They were, the Champion Clicks got a lot of kind of previews and, uh, What's the word for it? Some very excellent WizKids prizing. And uh, that included the King Kong Iconics, the Sherlock Holmes Iconics, and they had uh, one brick of next phase that they were able to auction off. So uh, that's great. Fantastic. Uh, I, now I really wish I had gone the JP clicks. Um, and they also had gotten a lot of other goodies from WizKids as well. It's awesome that WizKids was supporting an event like champion clicks i hope they continue to do so it is a very uh 
I like to think of Champion Clicks as the kickoff event for the Hero Clicks season. I hope everyone else does too. Uh, it makes sense that it is. So uh, if you want to see any of the spoilers, definitely go check out the Dial H for Hero Clicks page. I won't really talk about like in detail uh, because some of that I'll save for the set review. Um, what I will say though is if you don't have your pre-orders in for Sherlock and the uh, King Kong Iconics, uh, you probably want to get them in soon. I know, remember, Sherlock comes out on February 14th. And then don't forget the Roses for Red comes out on February 7th, the week before. Uh, they didn't get Roses for Red, but they did get the Sherlock Holmes. It definitely looks interesting. Uh, I'm kind of on the fence on whether or not I think it's going to be super playable. It's kind of... It, I think it might be because of the interactions it does with giving like kind of additional clue tokens Sherlock does for the mystery cards, but uh, we'll have to see. It's one of those tricky ones, kind of like the Hall of Armor, that I think is like borderline. Someone may make it work, but it isn't just clear cut. Oh my goodness, you have to have this. King Kong is kind of in a similar boat. He's super cool looks amazing uh, he comes with some different terrain pieces that i don't know if we've seen all of these uh we haven't seen these specific ones before because they each do something unique they're not game breaking by any means but if you're a big uh terrain special terrain or not sorry non-standard terrain uh fanatic then uh definitely pick a king kong remember the king kong comes out in march it is the only piece the only thing we know of when it's happening in march and that's march 6th so you might still have time to get orders in on king kong or have your store place orders for king kong because we're still you know over a month away another thing i wanted to talk about is onslaught um i didn't have a chance to record it this weekend but this week i will find time to record my tier maker i am going to be doing a tier maker kind of video so it'll be up on youtube and won't be part of the podcast where i will go through all the current characters you know heroes people you could choose on a team and kind of separate them from their teams and just talk about how i like them in general whether i try to put this person on the team i know it's going to be subjective because obviously you don't know what scenarios you're playing it might change but i like to think that i have a general view on each piece like each figure like oh this is how i like this figure and this is why so stay tuned for that i'm hoping it'll be out probably near the end of the week i'll record it at the beginning of the week and hopefully get it out by the end of the week besides that there's really not much more to talk about because i'm going to be talking about champion clicks here in the fishing with wizdad segment so I'll see you there. Get your gear, little man. We're going fishing. And I mean now. All right, so for those that aren't aware, the Champion Clicks event just recently occurred this past weekend in Orlando. Um, I went last year. It was a fantastic event. I was so happy I went. And uh, very sad I didn't go this time. Um, it's fantastic to see how it's grown over the past, I guess this was the third year that they've done this. Um, David Newmark has done a fantastic job of organizing it with the help of P.G. Boland and Lucas Tom Van Hollen, who does the the judging. It's been um, fantastic. Like uh, I enjoyed it last year, and from what I hear, this year was even better. 
So if you're not familiar with the tournament and you're not, um, you know, because it's not a, a WizKids, like, run tournament. It's not within a con. It's just kind of, kind of like a rock cup. Like, I, I would absolutely place it in a similar echelon of the rock cup. Like, it is now, to me. But basically, it's three days of Heroclix. They ran a, a Apples and Oranges event, I believe, on Friday, which... I don't really know much about it unfortunately it was kind of a one of those unusual formats that wasn't just 300 point modern it wasn't really silver age there's a little here or there with it but it had a great turnout 300 sorry 330 teams and each team i think had two people on it so 60 players that's awesome like that's great great turnout for a non whiz kids ran tournament and then yesterday um Yesterday, I'm sorry, not yesterday, Saturday, <laughs> there was the 300 point modern. And that's the one we're going to kind of focus on today uh, to talk about uh, because Sunday it was team sealed. And congratulations to the, te uh, the team sealed winners, which, if I remember correctly, it was just four points. But I don't remember if they, if they went by four points for this. Oh, yep, they did. They definitely were uh, four points, gaming, Scott Crampton, Isaac, and Ed, Arnold Berkovitz. So congrats to them for winning first place in the Team Sealed event. And let's talk about 300 Point Modern. Uh, so 300 Point Modern, in my opinion, is in an interesting place. First off, I would be remiss if I didn't say congratulations to our... Well, our, our U.S. national winner, who is now the winner of Champion Clicks Modern, and that's uh, Alex Mater. He won. Second place went to Rob Olger, and then top four was Isaac A.B., Daniel Powell, and then rounding out the top eight was Josefa Alves, Dylan Kassenbaum, Gus Williams, and Colt Williams. So we're going to focus purely on the top eight because their teams are readily available, and I think they give a good insight to where the season is kicking off because remember going into champion clicks this was the first significant 300 point modern tournament that we we had we had some of the trials for champion clicks but those were kind of in pockets you know around the country and so they didn't give you necessarily a they gave you a good hint at what the 300 point modern is but didn't necessarily give you the more realistic look so we'll start with alex mater's team um he played not surprising um prime spider-man which he played in nationals and won carnage silver surfer venom thanos which i think is interesting black skull and then the two scott porters no surprise there uh the big difference i think from his nationals team is the addition of venom thanos um, I'd have to go back and see what his national team was again to see what he lost. But if I remember correctly, there he didn't lose much. Um, Venom Magneto. That's that's really it. His his uh, nationals team was Prime Spider-Man, Carnage Silver Surfer, Black Skull. So those three existed, and then he had Venom Magneto, Mephisto, and Commissioner. He lost, obviously, Venom Magneto and Commissioner. And uh, he opted not to go 
with Mephisto because he gained the Scott Porters. So what he lost in, let's see, that would be 60, 90, so 105 points. He flipped that over to his current team, which was Black, uh, which was Venom Thanos, Scott Porter, and the other Scott Porter. So that's 100 points. Uh, he also did. He also had the All Black. He lost that on Prime Spider-Man. Prime Spider-Man now had the Black Symbiote. So all those points went into Venom Thanos, who had the Hell Cycle. Black Skull, who had the Web Shooters, and Scott Porter, who had the obviously the Sinestro Core Ring. I will tell you right off the bat before we break down his team more, a Sinestro Core Ring was on every single team in this tournament, or not tournament, in top eight. Whew, that'd be bad if it was every tournament, uh, every player in the tournament. It was top eight. All top eight had a Sinestro Core Ring. It was by far the most played equipment in top eight. So. His team, like I said, hadn't changed very much from Nationals. Uh, he mostly lost some of the support pieces, and he definitely switched them for... The two Scott Porters was by far much better support. Well, I guess if you're thinking Venom, Magneto, Mephisto, swapping that for the two Scott Porters, I guess you can argue it's an equal exchange uh, because you lose the free TK, but you gain the free Sinestra ring, so sure i think the interesting piece the most interesting piece on here is obviously the venom thanos it's the one that hadn't seen play um it was okay like it was it existed but it just it i don't know it just wasn't ever played i think part of that is because it built into the symbiote theme team right prime spider-man car silver surfer Black Skull already had Symbiote. Scott Por and both Scott Porters. One Scott Porter obviously has every keyword. The other one could just gain Symbiote. So there you go. So it may have been just an easy fill-in saying, hey, I just want to play a Symbiote team. Who fits in? And obviously Venom Thanos is the best one to do so. So what Venus Venom Thanos brings to the team? Played at 50 points. He's got the Symbiotic Fusion, which we know what that is. Plasticity, Super Senses. If Venom Thanos is within four squares in line of fire of an opposing character, he can't be targeted by ranged attacks. Cool. He's got Traded Leadership, which I believe is one of the, like, the key reason. He lost leadership by losing Commissioner Venom Magneto, so he needed a leadership on the team. But he also has Free. Choose one to use until your next turn. Phasing, teleport, close combat expert, mind control, prob, shape change, or steel energy. If Venom Th Thanos succeeded with leadership this turn, he has friendly characters with a symbiote or monster keyword within range can use the chosen power. His range is four. So he can use any of those abilities, which is fine. But if he succeeds on that leadership, then his whole team if they're within four, can get shape change or steel energy or prob or close combat expert. Like, that's pretty, pretty good. Now, Thanos also has a special attack power. Sure. 50 points. He's only three clicks, but he does have a stop click on his damage dial. That's important because if you think of the Captain America on a Pegasus, 
that character specifically states you can't use defense powers. So Venom Thanos gets around that. Very, very interesting. Um, I didn't think this character was that good. But I can see now that since we've gotten so many good symbiotes and we have the Black Skull that brings in the Masters of Evil engine, I could see why this was played. So if you don't have a Venom Thanos, his price is probably going up. I could see people wanting to copy Alex's team for sure. Let's talk about second place, Robert Olger. He played a more unique team, I think. He played 048 Ghost Rider. 70.1 that's the one that says you can use powers perfect it counters a lot of the power erasers which not a ton got played uh, top eight did have two of the one team did have two of the pegasus captain americas but not a lot of just you don't get to use these powers he played arachnite at 60 i thought that was interesting at 60 i i prefer arachnite higher but the points probably didn't uh fit uh, right Knight had the Soul Sword. Ghost Rider had Bucky's Arm. Carnage Silver Surfer, of course. Uh, Iron Fist. Uncommon Iron Fist. We'll come back to that. Two Scott, the two Scott Porters, one with the Sinestro Ring. And then Prime Hulk, who had the motorcycle. Very interesting team. Like, it's sort of weird. Um, I don't believe it was themed no it shouldn't be themed i think carnage silver surfer helps break that but it's interesting right like i knew going into this arachnite was going to be better better than advertised right arachnite's been around for a while um he's always been on like the precipice of being good but power erasers kind of helped take that away from him and then also the All Black, the Necrosword, kind of even made it worse. Because he does rely on Super Senses and Shape Change to really protect him. But now that that's gone, and now that there's not really a ton of Power Erasers out there, I can see why he is a lot more popular. He's only four clicks at 60. He does have a stop click on his defensive dial right there, smack dab in the middle. So um, that's interesting. Let's talk about the Iron Fist. Now, I'm still questioning. Uh, I haven't seen it played, so I'm not... Um, I can't speak of how Rob used Iron Fist. But, taking a look at uh, 027 Iron Fist, it's the rare Iron Fist, 30 points. That gives him... will. Uh, this Iron Fist has a team player. He has willpower, opposing characters within four squares that can use willpower, only succeed on a six. All right. Uh, Besting, Shulao the Undying, when Iron Fist attacks one or more opposing characters, modify his attack plus two if any of the targets are multi or have one or more of the following. They're giant, colossal, or have the monster keyword. Okay. Plus two to hit, that makes him a 13. That's nice, but he's only three clicks with super senses. My guess is it's his movement power. <clears throat> Charge, force blast, force blast as free, but only to target an adjacent character. That's the only reason I could think of that he would go for this character. Now, the team itself, like, that's, I'm honestly a little bit at a loss what the purpose of the Iron Fist is at 30. 
I have to be missing something on why this one is so good. I don't know if it's because of the willpower only succeeding on the four, or oh, sorry, on the six. I don't know if that's it. Um, it does give them access to team player. That's fine. But honestly, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I was thinking about it a little bit today and I just am not quite sure what it adds. Because we know what Ghost Rider does, it protects powers. Which means he protects Arachnite, Carnage Silver Surfer, all of that. Iron Fist is still feels like a 30-point liability. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, either way, congratulations to Raw for getting second. It's a very unique team. He did have a Carnage Silver Surfer. He did have two Scott Porters. You will see this as an ongoing theme <laughs> for most of Top 8. Um, I will go ahead and tell you, seven out of the eight top eight players used two Scott Porters, both both of the Scott Porters. Um, five out of the eight used Carnage Silver Surfers and the Masters of Evil engine. Not the same five. Five used Carnage Silver, uh, sorry, Carnage Silver Surfers. A different five, or some of the same five, used the Masters of Evil engine. Um, I won't get on my soapbox about that right now. It is the first tournament of the new season. Um, I just don't like that kind of percentage of play. When seven out of the eight teams use the same two pieces, the Scott Porters, to me that screams like there's some sort of problem there. A little bit of a problem. Um, so it remains to be seen, right? Like, it, I, obviously, there's nothing to be done by WizKids. WizKids doesn't need to be making any changes, any decision. Once again, it's one tournament, right? This is the first, I would call, major tournament that they are legal. So, no need to make any rash decisions. But, all I'm saying is keep this on your radar. Keep an eye out. Keep a look at it. See how many Scott Porters. See how many Carnage Silver Surfers. And keep an eye on the Masters of Evil engine, which, once again, Masters of Evil engine is the Black Skulls, Dark Phoenix, Iron Killmonger, um, or not Iron King Killmonger, Iron, uh, I keep saying Conquistador, but Conqueror. Keep an eye on that. Uh, clearly, it is everywhere. It's going to remain everywhere. But as far as changes down the road, if... WizKids was to do a watch list again at some point, those three things would be on my list. The Scott Porters, Carnage Silver Surfer, and the MOE Machine. Now, once again, to round out your top three, we've got Isaac Arnold Berkowitz. He played uh, Prime Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Carnage Silver Surfer, Kid Thanos, Mephisto, and Guardian Thunderer. Not that different than kind of some of the other teams we're talking about. That Ghost Rider is seeing a ton of play to protect powers. Prime Spider-Man, Carnage Silver Surfer, of course. Kid Thanos gives you access to the MOE machine. Now, he is the only one that did not play Scott Porters. Now, I don't know if that was purely out of spite <laughs> right he, he they did give him now if you haven't seen these dial h for hero clicks does these really cool cards like they look like hero clicks cards that shows the players and their team on it they gave him the anti-porter keyword i thought that was pretty funny um so i don't know if he did it 
on purpose to show that teams could be made with out porters so kudos to him if that's what he was aiming for but still to do that he still played prime spider-man carnage silver surfer and the moe machine so i'm hoping we get some really good pieces in next phase that helps you know cut some of the stuff back um same with deadpool and wolverine and you know whenever we get to adepticon right if depending on when next phase comes out the modern we have now could be the modern that we have at adepticon in march so if you're building for adepticon take a look at this top eight because this is what you're going to be facing a lot a decent amount of this moving on the dance team um hey what do you know a little bit of variety there two carnage silver surfers this time dark phoenix so moe machine mephisto kind of part of the moe machine and two scott porters what the big difference he has on his team is he has hope summers a forgotten favorite of many the prime batman which i think is a very interesting play uh, brings a lot of support to a team for very little points being able to have that green lantern and the utility belt and then a scott crampton um hope summers is once again one of those picks don't forget hope summers does exist she has not rotated she is from x of swords she's the one that allows you to kind of copy powers from a friendly she's a leadership tk piece if you need leadership for 40 points she is a great go-to piece because she fulfills a lot of roles because forget the scott porters don't provide you leadership so that's a big to do i think a lot of people are looking for leadership because they've lost the crutch that was venom magneto that provided the free tk and the leadership they're turning to the scott porters who in their own right ridiculously overpowered and undercosted. but to their point they don't have leadership so kudos to that but congratulations to dan for getting a top four finish for that but the thing with top four i should mention is that everyone in top four used a carnage silver surfer at least one three of the top four besides isaac all of them used scott porters and three out of the four used the moe machine rob was the only one that didn't use the moe machine because he kind of went in a different direction slightly and i think that's interesting i think that once again we have these kind of three or four different power bases that you could just all throw on a team so if you want to kind of quote unquote net deck in hero clicks at this moment you could probably do really well if you get at least a carnage silver surfer two scott porters and the moe machine that is 150 points baseline right 50 points for a carnage silver surfer 50 points for both scott porters and 50 points for one of the moe pieces so half your team is that you're good you probably could do pretty darn well almost with anything else you put out there on the field for the other 150 points that's just a solid solid core and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because it's not as if those pieces are cheap right carnage silver surfer is up in the 200s 300s i haven't looked to see what scott porter's worth now because i think he's kind of hard to find at least one of them the black shirt i think is harder to find than the white shirt and then you have the MOE chases who kind of go back and forth in price. Some of them are obviously a lot more expensive than others. 
So probably in the $100 to $200 range for one of them, and you need three or four of them. So that's not quite raising alarm bells for me, but it is making me a little concerned. Now, what I will say for Silver Age, you lose Carnage Silver Surfer because he has been benched, thankfully. Um, I wonder now if they should have benched some of the other pieces, but, you know, uh, we'll, we will see. But let's talk about 6th through 8th, because that is where we start seeing some unusual teams pop up. You have Josafa's team. He played Hawkeye and Hawkeye, World's Finest at 60, two of the Chase Shaggies at 40, Commissioner Gordon, two Scott Porters, and Scott Crampton. That's probably very unusual. It's a detective team. It does, he does have three mystery cards out there. Search for Amat's Tomb, String of Cat Burglaries, and Murder in the City Endearing. Uh, it's an excellent way to use detectives. I've always thought detectives had potential because of the way they can use basically every single mystery card if they wanted. And I wish we could see some of Josafa's team because I think... Or not team, some of his games because I wanted to see how much the mystery cards came into play. But let's talk a little bit about some of these unique figures that popped up. First, let's talk about the Hawkeye and Hawkeye. 75 points, 7 clicks. Um, it is a smorgasbord of powers listed on their dial. Free, plays Hawkeye and Hawkeye in a square of different elevation within range of line of fire. Friendly bystanders named Kate Bishop can use this trait. Once per turn, when Hawkeye and Hawkeye make an attack after resolutions, they... They may make an attack. At the beginning of your turn, Hawkeye and Hawkeye may generate a Cape Bishop bystander. If you do, they can't use this trait until Cape Bishop is removed from the game. So they basically get two attacks. That's actually surprisingly solid. I don't know if I didn't see that before, but it's kind of a, a duo aspect. He gave them... He didn't give them any equipment, actually, ironically enough. World's Finest, we know what they do, so that's not surprising. Shaggy, I haven't had the opportunity to talk about Shaggy that much. So Prime, not Prime, Chase Shaggy at 40 points. When a clue, he has unique modifier when a clue token is placed on a friendly mystery card. Friendly characters with Mystery Ink modify damage plus one, so he'll have three. He has Sidestep Force Blast, Perplex, but only to target an opposing character who has been knocked back this turn. And he has charge, a special attack power, or sorry, special movement power, charge, when Shaggy uses it and hits. If a hit character has the monster or mystical keyword after resolutions, he can use flurry as free. Otherwise, after resolutions, he may make an attack. So this is another character that can make multiple attacks. Very neat. Very, very neat. Uh, for 40 points, 5 clicks, only super, sen super senses and shape change. So, hello price of shaggy going up because that is neat then he has commissioner gordon out there who's a detective that legacy commissioner gordon i believe gives you free tk um i believe it's um i believe it is reliant on them sharing a keyword yeah tk tk is free but only to target another friendly character that shares a keyword with commissioner gordon that character is 30 points and then obviously the two Scott Porters who can gain Detective. And Scott Crampton has Detective for what it's worth. Very, very interesting team. You can instantly see where the damage comes from. Um, now, it is a little frail if they can get through the Super Senses and Shape Change. It is a little frail. 
but I think it's neat. I think I like it. Um, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot of extra attacks. Hawkeye and Hawkeye give you two attacks. Each Shaggy gets an extra attack. Super solid. World's Finest, I believe, has two attacks. So you're talking about a lot of attacks for Detective. If you're looking to build a Detective team, definitely look at your Sophist team. Dylan Kazabom uses Prime Wonder Woman, and then I believe that is uh, Death Metal Wonder Woman, King Killmonger, the two Pegasus Captain Americas, and the two Scott Porters. This is built around kind of a def somewhat of a defensive shell and use the Captain Americas to go forward, charge forward, and conquer. <laughs> is that the right word? Um, it is a very, very solid team. Um, Prime Wonder Woman, I think, is a little underplayed. Uh, it's a warrior theme team, I guess. I think that's what it says listed here. Uh, so definitely keep an eye out for this one. This one is... Captain America needs to be on your radar because he is a somewhat power eraser, sort of. And then uh, Gus Williams is playing a... He's got a Arachnite at 100 points with Galactus, of all things. Spider-Man Prime with the Symbiote Black. Madam Web, that's an interesting one, with Indigo Tribe Ring, who was paid 10 points. And then the two Scott Porters. Madam Web is an interesting one. Let's talk about her real quick because we have not seen her. She is a super rare. She has a rally die super senses. When a friendly character uses super senses, instead of rolling a d6, you may remove one of Madam Web's rally die to use it as a result, which is a six, who would have thought? She has uh, traveling to Universal Web free. Choose a friendly character with a Spider-Man keyword within four squares until the next turn. That character can use improved movement blocking and ignore characters okay and then she has prob control special damage power probability control madam web can use probability control an additional time each turn but only to target a character with the spider-man family keyword 30 points that's good giving your characters kind of a good movement capabilities to go through blocking you know you don't have to worry about any of the uh barrier with that and they ignore characters as well i like that very very cool concept especially with arachnite in there and the using galactus to um give outwit protection and to grant a few powers i think that's super solid and then finally let's wrap it up with cole williams who played double carnage silver surfer moe engine genesis the only genesis in in top eight Mephisto, both Scott Porters, and Prime Hulk. So not a not a ton to talk about there that we haven't already said before. Um, but congratulations to top four, uh, sorry, top four and top eight of Champion Clicks Modern. This is definitely if you're building for Modern, building for Adepticon, whatever tournaments you have going forward, this should be what you look at. These are the builds you need to see now we don't have any of the tarot cards that they used don't forget tarot cards still exist guys um but this should be what you look at to identify can my team handle it kind of some final remarks about this looking at the results it's awesome to be back into hero clicks to have the season kick off to have modern going um it is a little bit what I was worried about. I was worried that Scott Porter's Carnage Silver Surfer MOE was going to be everywhere. And lo and behold, it was. 
So I'm eager, hoping, praying <laughs> that next phase gives us something unique that can help break these kind of cookie cutter, kind of little too under-costed figures. Because if they don't, then hello, this is probably what you'll see at Nationals, what you'll see at Worlds until these figures rotate because they're kind of unreasonably good. Well, I hate that I spent most of this episode talking about Heroclix. It's a Mashup Monday, but kind of a Mashup Monday Heroclix episode, but the Champion Clicks does just happening. I wanted to go ahead and cover it as much as I could. Uh, we will switch back to Silver Age on our Friday episode of Heroclix, and uh, obviously we'll talk about Onslaught on Wednesday. So. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of G-Wiz. I hope you had a wonderful weekend, and I hope you had a wonderful Monday, or you have one, right? And I will see you guys on Wednesday. <laughs>